This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue in a series called Better Together. In this series, Rick takes us through 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and shows us how to cultivate deep, meaningful relationships with the people around us. In just a few moments, we're going to tell you about a special resource that will help you learn how to love, trust, and work together with your family, friends, and community to achieve God's purpose for your lives. It's called the 40 Days of Community Study Kit. You can take a sneak peek at this great resource, which includes a six-session DVD and study book guide by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word DAILY to 800-600-5004 while you listen to today's message. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part two of a message called Serving Together. Now the third thing, if you want people to trust you, is not only being consistent and being confidential, but by being close. You have to spend time with people in order to earn their trust. You don't trust people you don't know. And in Proverbs 17, 17, it says this. Now don't turn it over yet, because I got a lot to say about this verse. Let's read it all out together, so make sure you're on that same page. Okay, read it with me. Friends love through all kinds of weather, and families stick together in all kinds of trouble. Now circle the phrase, stick together. That implies proximity. It says you're close, you're together, you stick together. Distance creates distrust, and the more, when you're distant from people, you start being distrustful of them. You, as I said, you don't trust people you don't know. So if you want people to trust you, you gotta spend time with them. Would you write this down? Time creates trust. Or another way you could say it is trust takes time. Either way, it takes time to build trust. And so trust takes time. And notice it says it, you learn trust through all kinds of weather. Now, it takes a long time to build trust. Question, can you lose trust quickly? Oh, yeah. You could lose it in a second. But it can take months and maybe even years to build it. Trust takes time. And you can't grow it quickly. You can't grow trust quickly. Now, what am I saying this for? Because some of you are in small groups now, and you're just starting to learn to trust each other. You've been in this thing three, four, five weeks now, and you're just learning to open up, to get comfortable. And this thing's going to be over in two weeks. Please, I urge you, keep your group going. Don't short-circuit the system. God is building trust in your life and in others' lives. And if you cut it out just as it's starting to bloom, you are going to short-circuit the blessing God wants to do in your life and in the life and through your group. So I urge you, stay together and learn to build that trust because our world desperately needs trustworthy people. And these are people who God can count on and we can count on to be the hands and the feet of the body of Christ. The second key to teamwork is empathy. That's the E in team. It takes empathy. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, live in harmony with one another and be sympathetic. Now, you can't have the first without the second. You're never going to live in harmony with your wife, your husband, your, your friends, or anybody else. You can't have harmony without sympathy. 
And you can't have a team without being aware of what's going on in each other's lives. It's more than just working on a project together. You have to be aware of each other. That's why when people work together in an office, they may be working, but they're not a team unless they know what's going on in each other's lives. You have to have empathy. Now, empathy is so important because it meets two of your deepest needs. First, you have a fundamental need to be understood. Everybody in life wants to have at least one other person in their life who says, they understand me. They, they, they know me. They, they understand what I'm thinking. And you have a need to be understood. Everybody does. Second, you have a deep need, it's a human need, to have your feelings validated. You need somebody in your life who says, you're not weird. You're not a kook. It's okay to feel that way. That's normal. And everybody wants to be understood and have their feelings validated by somebody else. And that's what empathy does. It meets those two deep needs. Now, if you're going to build a team of friends or build your small group or anything else, strengthen your family, you have to build empathy into the structure. And how do you do that? How do you become an empathetic person? Three ways. Number one, slow down. Slow down. Speed destroys empathy. You're listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Rick will be back in just a moment with the rest of today's lesson. If you've missed any part of today's teaching, you can listen online anytime at PastorRick.com. That's PastorRick.com. Pastor Rick says we were never meant to live life alone and that the purposes God has for our lives are best fulfilled together in community. That's why he created the 40 Days of Community Bible Study. In this study, Pastor Rick will take you verse by verse through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is often referred to as the love chapter. He'll teach you how to cultivate deep, meaningful relationships with those around you, and you'll discover how God uses community for your own good and growth. This six-session video and workbook study will show you how you are truly better together. Today, when you give a gift to Daily Hope to help take the love of Jesus to a hurting world, we'll send you the 40 Days of Community Bible Study Kit to say thanks. Just go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy, or you can call 800-600-5004. That's PastorRick.com or call 800-600-5004. And be sure to let us know which station you heard us on. Thank you so much for your support. Now let's get back to today's lesson here on Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Now, if you're going to build a team of friends or build your small group or anything else, strengthen your family, you have to build empathy into the structure. And how do you do that? How do you become an empathetic person? Three ways. Number one, slow down. Slow down. Speed destroys empathy. If I were to get in a jet plane and I were to fly down the Pacific coast to San Diego, I wouldn't see many of the details because I'm going so fast. If I were then to get into an Amtrak and I were to take Amtrak from here to San Diego, I'd see a little bit more because I'd be going a little slower. If somebody was to drive me in a car 
to San Diego down the coastline, I'd see a little bit more because I'd be going even slower. If I were to go down to the beach and walk to San Diego, I'd really see a lot of details about the ocean. But if I wanted to really get the details, I'd just go down to the beach and sit down and stay there and just look and not move. And if I don't move, I'm going to see all kinds of details, like little ants moving around in the sand and stuff like that I would never see any other way. When you're moving, you miss the details. And the faster I move, the more details I'm going to miss in life. Now, because our culture teaches us to move fast, all of us end up relationally skimming. That means you're hitting the high points and you're missing all kinds of details in the lives of people that you care about most. Your friends, your family, your husband, your wife, your parents, your kids, the people you work with, the people in your small group. If you're moving fast, you cannot see the details. So the first step to empathy is slow down. James 1.19, read this verse with me. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Did you know, this is great advice for groups, by the way, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Did you know that the average uh, uh, human being, you can, you can comprehend about 650 words a minute, but the average person speaks 150 words a minute. That means you got a 400-word boredom factor between what they're saying and your ability to comprehend it. And now, guys, don't use this as an excuse. Well, I can read the paper and listen to you. I can watch TV and listen to you. Yes, the truth is you can, but it's not empathetic. It's not empathetic. And so you have to intentionally slow down. You know, after I teach you on Sundays or on Saturdays, I, and I go out on the patio just to talk to people, and I love that. In fact, I like that actually even more than teaching, just the one-on-one -on -one interaction with people. And when I walk off this stage, as I go down the stairs, I tell myself, slow down. Because when I'm up here, I'm speaking, I'm at a pretty high RPM in my, my brain function. But when I go outside, I need to be able to listen, not just speak. And that requires me slowing down. I used to do this uh, at home with my, when my kids were little. I had a milk, a giant milk container, old-fashioned milk container that I set out in front of my front door. And when I would come home from work with all the stresses and all the worries and all the problems and all the things that were going on, and I was running at pretty high RPM, I would stop at the front door and wait about a minute before I would go in. I wouldn't just dash into the door. I would stop at the front door, and I'd take a couple deep breaths. I would calm myself down, and I would mentally take all of the worries that are the concerns and the prayer requests and all those kind of things that I'd heard during the day, and I would dump them in that milk container mentally so that when I would walk in, I was slowed down on the RPMs ready to listen to my kids, to Kay, and to whatever needed to be said. That has to be an intentional strategy. In fact, I would suggest you practice that before you go to your small group each week. Don't, you know, usually it's at the small groups or at the end of the day and you go running in and you're on the cell phone and you just grabbed, you know, a Del Taco Macho Combo Burrito and, you know, and you're wolfing it down and you're talking on the phone and you're trying to make arrangements and blah, 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 and you rush in and everyone, how you doing? I'm, well, I'm fine. How you doing? I'm okay too. No. No, 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 no. 
What you need to do is go stand at the door before you even knock on the door, take a couple of deep breaths, turn the RPMs down a little bit. Because if you don't, you're going to miss the signals. You're going to walk in, and if you're all, you know, up at a high RPM, what's going to happen is you say, how are you doing? I'm fine. You go, oh, great, and you keep walking. Whereas if you'd been slow, you'd look at them and say, how are you doing? I'm fine. You can see body language, they're not fine. They're not fine. And that brings me to the next way to be empathetic. Not only do you need to slow down, ask questions. Ask questions. That's how you show empathy to your children or to anybody else. Ask them questions. Proverbs 20, verse 5 says this. A person's thoughts are like deep water in a well, like water in a deep well. But someone with insight can draw them out. Circle that, draw them out. You have to draw it out of people if you want to be empathetic. Now, how do you do that? And why do you do it? Why do I have to draw it out? Well, in the first place, most people don't blurt out their emotions. Now, some people do, but not very many. Most people hold their emotions pretty close to their vest, and they don't, they don't really just automatically share how they're really, how are you doing? I'm fine, the standard answer. They're not really telling you how they feel. They're just giving you the polite response because they don't know if you really mean it or not. How you doing can really be a serious question or it could be just nothing. But if you say, how are you doing? They say, I'm fine. Here's how you draw, draw it out. Learn to ask the question twice. That's how you be, develop empathy. Learn to ask the question twice. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing just fine. You pause and you say, no, how are you really doing? You ask the question twice. Or you ask the question, how's it going in your life? Tell me what's going on in your life. And they'll tell you a little bit what's going on in their life. You pause and then you say, tell me more. See what you're doing, you're invite. It's the second question, not the first, at which people open up. So to be empathetic, you learn to ask the question twice. And then the other thing you do is learn to linger. And that means don't be afraid of silence. You just kind of be in the moment, you stay in the present, you ask the question, you just kind of sit there. You don't immediately go into your agenda, you just listen, you learn. And, and don't be afraid of silence. Now, for those of us with ADD, this is excruciating, <laughs> okay? It's like ants crawling up and down my back when this happens. But you're, you could be mature enough to kind of tune in and force yourself to go against your natural inclinations, which is let's talk about something else. Slow down, ask questions. The third thing is show emotions. Show emotions. That's how you empathize with people. Proverbs, excuse me, Romans 12, verse 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Now, empathy is more than saying, I'm sorry you hurt. Empathy is saying, I hurt with you. That's empathy. I hurt with you. And you're willing to cry with them. You're willing to weep with them. You're willing to rejoice with them. Now, how do you do that? There's only one way you're going to be that empathetic. Stay filled up with God. That's the only way. If your tank gets empty of God, you're not going to be empathetic to anybody. So you have to stay. If you get low on God, you're not going to, you're not going to be empathetic at all. You've got to stay filled up with God. Now, the thing that I love about the fact that we now have thousands of people in small groups in this church is I know that emotional needs are getting taken care of in a way that was not possible before we had all these groups. That every week, 
groups are showing empathy. The third key to being a team is accommodation. It takes trust. You've got to build trust between each other to have a team in your small group. It takes empathy, and it takes accommodation because we're all different. Now, what does accommodation mean? Well, you know, when you make accommodation for somebody, it means you get them a room. You make accommodate, you get them a room at the hotel or the motel, or you give them a room at your house. To accommodate somebody means you give them space. And that means you have to accommodate people in lots of different ways in your team and in your small group. Tom's going to talk about that in just a minute. But you have to make accommodation for people if you're going to have a team because God made us all different. You know, if you were to come over to my house, the most beautiful room in our house is not the bedroom. And uh, it's not the, uh, the living room. And it's not the dining room. In our house, the most beautiful room is the guest room. Now, I don't understand this. <laughs> but in Kay's mind, it's a big deal to her. The guest gets the best. The guest gets the best. It's a pretty good rule for life. But I'm going, wait a minute. I live here every day. That room sits empty a lot of times. Why don't you let us move into that room? No, the guests get the best. And that's what it means to accommodate. Now, I don't need to talk to you about accommodation because this church is the pro at accommodation. This entire church, the reason why it's so large and has reached so many people is we have had unselfish people throughout the history of this church who were willing to accommodate and make accommodations so more people could come. In Saddleback Church, we still have 60 members from the first year 25 years ago. Now imagine the changes those people have been through. Think of all, you know, in the first 13 years of this church, we used 79 different facilities, 79 different buildings. We said, this is a church where if you can figure out where we are this week, you get to come. <laughs> and so we used Laguna Hills High School, Capo High School, El Toro High School, Mission Viejo High School, uh, Tribuco Hills High School. We used bank buildings. We used... Uh, a charter hospital building, we used warehouses, we used tents, we used stadiums, we used parks, we used all kinds of different buildings. We kept moving around. Why? In order to accommodate more people. In order to accommodate more people. And we wanted to make sure we only had really intelligent people, so, <laughs> so we kept changing the location. If you could figure out where we are, then you're one of us. And so we constantly were accommodating by moving and moving and moving and moving and moving. And even today, you know, visitors like to come to this service. And they like to come to the 11 o'clock. They like to come on Sunday morning. So 5,000 members in our church accommodated this by moving to Saturday night. And they made room for visitors on Sunday morning. And 2,500 members of our church moved to Sunday night so we'd have more room on Sunday morning. And 2,500 of our members moved to the venues who are watching right now so there'd be more room in here. That, there's only one word for that, unselfishness. They're unselfish. They're willing to do it. That's the kind of people that have made this church great. We have many people in the church, I'm not going to ask you to stand, many of you in this service who serve in one service and attend in another. We have a lot of people who, who, who twofers. And they come to one service, and then they help in uh, the children's ministry in another. And they do that all the time. They come twice in order to help and to accommodate. 
And over the years, we've had, oh, I couldn't count the number of people who were in a comfortable small group with people that they loved, and they voluntarily left that comfortable small group to go start a new one so that we could have more people being brought into the family of God. The Bible says this in 2 Timothy 2.22. Be faithful, loving, and easy to get along with. Now, there's a verse for your refrigerator this week. Be faithful, loving, read it with me, and easy to get along with. Now, would people say that you're easy? I saw so many elbows just now. <laughs> that was so funny. That was, uh, I wish you sometimes could see what I see up here. It's really, really, really funny. Now, I'm not asking you if you think you're easy to get along with. I want to know, would other people say you're easy to get along with? Would the people closest to you say you're easy to get along with. What is that? It's accommodation. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. If you missed any part of this message, or if you'd like to find out more about Pastor Rick Warren and this ministry, just visit PastorRick.com, where you can listen online anytime. That's Pastor Rick with two R's in the middle, dot com. And be sure to sign up for Rick's free daily email devotional while you're there. Rick will be back to close out our time today. But first, Pastor Rick says we were never meant to live life alone. And the purposes God has for our lives are best fulfilled together in community. That's why he created the 40 Days of Community Bible Study. In this study, Pastor Rick will take you verse by verse through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is often referred to as the love chapter. He'll teach you how to cultivate deep, meaningful relationships with those around you, and you'll discover how God uses community for your own good and growth. This six-session video and workbook study will show you how we are truly better together. And today, when you give a gift to Daily Hope to help take the love of Jesus to a hurting world, we'll send you the 40 Days of Community Bible Study Kit to say thanks. Just go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy, or you can call 800-600-5004. That's PastorRick.com or 800-600-5004. And be sure to let us know which station you heard us on. Thanks so much for your support. Here's Rick to tell you about an exciting new opportunity. Jesus told his disciples that they should live their lives according to five specific purposes. He said, you've got to love God with all your heart, that's worship, and love your neighbor as yourself, that's ministry, that's called the great commandment. And then Jesus said, go make disciples, that's evangelism, baptize them into the family of God, that's fellowship, a sign of fellowship. And then he said, teach them to obey everything I've taught you, that's discipleship. And we call that the great commission. We believe at Daily Hope that a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will produce a great Christian, a great church, a great company, a great community. You know, I started Daily Hope so I could spread the good news about Jesus, not just across America, but all around the world. And we want people to know that God's word is filled with hope and truth. And the power that we need to follow him every day is available to every single one. You know as well as I do that the word of God changes lives. It's alive, it's active, and it breathes new life and new love into all of our lives. 
So wherever you listen to this, whether you listen on the website, whether you listen on a radio station, or whether you listen through a podcast, you're a part of the Daily Hope family, and I need your help. We could not do this without your support. Now, you know I don't take any funds from this broadcast. We don't have any giant million-dollar donor who's giving big gifts to this. It comes from daily donations from listeners like you. We're 100% listener-funded. Would you continue to pray for this broadcast, and would you continue to support us? And let write to me. Let, let me hear from you. I absolutely love reading the stories that are sent to me. So write me, pray for me, and support this ministry. And God will bless it, and God will bless you, and we'll get to heaven, and we'll thank God for all the people going to be in heaven because you cared. Be sure to join us again next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Daily Hope Ministries and your generous financial support.